You're listening to Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel, Las Vegas. This is where real faith meets real change. Be sure to listen to us through Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Follow us on your favorite service to get instant notifications when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also check us out on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, PraiseChapelLasVegas.com to find out more about what PCLV is all about. With that being said, listen up, because here comes the word. I get to sit down today, amen. <laughs> amen. God is good. And all the time, good. Throughout the year, we've been ministering on the voice. John 1.23. And John, he said it in these words, and in different translations, it says it differently, but he says, I'm a voice calling in the wilderness. Another translation would say, I'm a voice shouting in the wilderness. Another one would say, I'm a voice thundering in the wilderness. Or even another one says, I'm a voice crying in the wilderness. Amen. But I want to look at that that one crying in the wilderness. Because see, one thing is that he says we are the voice. But a lot of times we're listening to God's voice. We're wanting to hear God speak to us. But on the other sense that God also wants to hear back from us. Amen? He says in this world, we are going to have tribulation in John 16, 33. And I have told you these things so that you, in me that you may have peace in the world, but you will have trouble. Take it to heart. I have overcome the world. Amen? So many of us, if you've been saved for a while, amen, or perhaps just came into knowing the Lord, but the thing is, he says that we're going to face things. We're going to face trials, tribulations, financial difficulties, marriage problems, heartaches, our children backsliding on us, our, our, um, our sickness in our bodies. All these things are going to come upon us. But one thing we have to realize is that, who are you calling on? Amen? See, to me, he wants us to, to call on him. Call him up. Call him up. I don't know about you, but me and my wife 25 years ago, we had to call him up. Amen? We faced something that we weren't expecting. She had a child. We had a son. And five days after he was born, he had to have open heart surgery. You know my son, Vito, Victor Jr. But we had to call him up. 
We had to call our pastor. We had called our brothers and sisters in the Lord. We called everybody that we knew of because we knew that they were going to touch the throne room of God. They were going to call out to God because we needed a miracle. 25 years later, he's still here with us because of the hand of God. We look at the testimony that Pastor gave us just past week about David in California. Well, they did the same thing. They needed a miracle. They called upon God. They called him up. And it happened. But you know something? you got to be the one that's going to make that happen. you got to be that voice. you got to be the one that's going to cry out to God. You can't expect it to happen just because you sat around there. Oh, well, God knows what I'm going through. Yeah, he knows what you're going through, but he wants to hear from you. Right, brother? Right, sister? You had to call somebody up. We had to call our pastors. We had to call brothers and sisters in the Lord. We knew who to call. We knew who was going to respond. We knew who was going to pray. We didn't call somebody that was going to sit around and do nothing. We look at at a story in Isaiah 38, King Hezekiah. This king got a bad report. He was sick. He was dying. He was almost ready to die. And the prophet comes to him. Amen? In those days, King Hezekiah was ill and was at the point of death. The prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, went to him and said, This is what the Lord says. Put your house in order because you are going to die you will not recover. Amen? I don't know about you, but if you got a bad report like that, what would you do? This king, he knew what to do. He got down on his knees and he called out to God and he asked God for to remember who he was, what he had done. He was faithful. God knew who he was. And yet, because he called out to God, God heard his voice. God heard him, and he turned around and told the prophet Isaiah to go back to him and tell King Hezekiah, I'm adding 15 years to your life. Amen? That's awesome. Here, a man is going to die, and all of a sudden now, God says, I have favor in you, I'm adding to your life. It's over. But he called out to God. Amen? But not all the time we're going to see things happen the way we want it to happen. Amen? Things, we we have no control. But one thing is for certain, God says if you mess up, you will pay the price. Amen? You know, you can call out to God when you mess up. You know that you got to get right with God, just like King David. King David, he blew it. And the prophet Nathan came to him, and God sent him to David, and he told him a story. See, that's why we need to read the Bible. That's why we need to understand the Word of God. That's why we need to know what the Word of God has to say. 
Here in, in uh, 2 Samuel 12, Nathan rebukes David. The Lord sent Nathan to David, and he came to him and he said, There are two men in a certain town, one rich and the other poor. The rich man had very large number of sheep and cattle, but the poor man had nothing except one little wee lamb that he had bought. Amen? One. He raised it. It grew up with him and his children. He shared his food, drink in his cup, and even slept in his arms. And it was like a daughter to him. Now a traveler came to the rich man, but the rich man refrained from taking one of his own sheep or cattle to prepare a meal for the traveler who came to him. Instead, he took the wee lamb that belonged to the poor man and prepared it for the one who came to him. David was angry. David was upset. He couldn't understand how this rich man could do something like this. He had everything. Amen? And David says, this man should be put to death. And the prophet said, you are the man. Isn't it amazing? God's going to confront us. And because he had sinned and, and took Bathsheba uh, and, and slept with her, and he had her husband killed in the battlefield, amen, Uriah, amen, he had to pay the consequences. God says, I'm taking your child. But yet David still, even though that this is what God had told him, he still got down on his knees. He spent a week praying unto God, hoping that God would change the circumstances. But at the end of that week, and he heard the commotion, and he knew the child was dead, he got up. But see, because he had a heart after God, he still knew what he had to do. Even though we don't, have the, the, we don't see the circumstances and the outcome the way we want it to come, he still knew that he got before God and he got right before God. And, you know, he continued on as being the king. And the thing is, is that we think that we can hide what we do. But everything that we do can't be hidden by God because God will expose what we have done. Amen? And as we continue on, now... In 2 Kings 4, 8, one day Elijah went to Shum, and a well-to-do woman was there who urged him to stay for a meal. So whenever he came by, he st stopped to eat. And she said to her husband, I know that this man who often comes our way is a holy man of God. Let us Make a small room on the roof and put a bed there, a table, a chair, a lamp for him. That when he, This way he can stay whenever he comes to us. And one day when Elijah came, he went up to the room and lay down. And he said to his servant Gehazi, call the Shumanite so we can call. So he called her and she stood before him. Elijah said to her, tell her, you have gone all the all the way, all this trouble for us. Now, what can we do for you? 
Can we speak on your behalf to the king or the commander of the army? She replied, I have a home among my own people. What can be done for her, Elijah asked. Gehazi said, she has no son and her husband is old. And then the turns around, the prophet turns around and tells her that a year from now, you are going to be holding your own child. And she turned around and told the prophet, don't, don't, don't be lying to me. Basically, that's what she said. Don't, don't tell me something that isn't going to happen. But that year later, she had that child. She had that son. But as time went along, that son went out to the father in the field. And he said, my head, my head. And he had a servant take the child back to the mother. And she stayed up with him till noon. And the child died. She laid him on the prophet's bed, and then she told her servant to get herself a donkey and prepare it. And, and then the husband says, is everything all right? She goes, yeah. She says, I'm going to go to the prophet, and I'll be back. She goes to the prophet, and the prophet says, is everything all right? No, my son is dead. The prophet sends his servant Gehazi ahead of him, with his staff, and he says, lay it upon the child. But nothing happened. Then the prophet gets there. He goes to the room where the child is laying and lays down on this child, and he prays, and the child's life is restored. But see, she knew who to call. She knew who to be a voice to. She knew that this was a man of God. She knew that if I go to this man of God, he's going to do something. He's going to take and, and go further with this than just, just say a few words because he got a hold of God. We need to know who to go to. Our pastor's here. He, his message in the past week or so, one was follow me. Follow me as I follow Christ. See, you need to know who he serves. If he's not serving the Lord, then I'm not going to be following him. He's our pastor. She's our pastor. When it's amazing, they always have something encouraging to say to us. But how many times do we go to them when we have a need? Amen? Who do we call upon? Uh, hopefully, we're calling upon a man and woman of God and not going to our friends and our family and to our co-workers and and those are people that are not going to pray for you. Those are people that are not going to seek God for you. When you come, you come into the house of God, hopefully this is not the only time you call out to God. See, the, the thing is, is that we need to know that He's always there for us. He's always there to hear from us. He's always there when we're going through the trials and tribulations. He's always there when we're going through the heartaches. He's always there when we're, our bodies are sick. And He's always there when we need the help that only He can give us. This woman knew who to call upon. She called upon the man of God. This is what we need to do. John says, I'm a voice crying in the wilderness. I'm a voice shouting in the wilderness. I'm a voice thundering in the wilderness. But I don't know about you, but I want to be heard. 
God wants to hear from you. If you don't say anything, how is he going to know? He knows what you're going through, but you've got to tell him. This is what it's all about. This is what the family God is all about. It's all about fellowship. Do you know one another? Do you know your brother and sister? Do you know what they're going through? Do you know, can you relate to them? Can you feel for them? It's not just calling God for what I'm going through. What about my neighbor? What about my coworkers? Are we praying for them? What about my brothers and sisters in the Lord? Are we praying for them? Are we lifting them up? We know that they're going through something, but we, are we just keeping it to ourselves? Oh, yeah, would you pray for me? Yeah, okay. You know, I get a, I get a notification from our, our brother and pastor and, a, and a missionary, Billy Hall. And I look forward to those because he's always given an update of what's going on over there in Ethiopia, what they're doing, what they're going through. And he's always got a prayer along with that. And he always ends with a prayer. But it's always encouraging. It's never anything disappointing. It's never anything negative. It's always uplifting. And I look forward to those letters. I look forward to when our brothers and our pastors and that, uh, that are out there in the mission fields are, are sending us uh, uh, letters and, and letting us know what's going on. Because you know something? We see what's happening. We hear what's happening. We can pray uh, that God will even move further in that situation that they're going through. We heard about where they needed uh, uh, the uh, roof. And we prayed, and what happened? They got their roof. We heard about the the child that had leukemia. People were praying. The church was praying. Guess what? She got a good report. Because why? Because we were lifting her up. I don't know about you, but that's exciting to know that somebody got healed. It's exciting to know that a family member got saved. It's exciting to know that somebody got delivered. It's amazing here, Paul and Silas, in the midnight hour, they were praising and worshiping God. And here they're in prison. Here they're in darkness. But yet, in the midst of what they were going through, they still cried out and still praised and worshiped God and in the midst of that, that the earthquake took place. The chains that were on them were broken. They were set free. The jailer was wondering if they had escaped. And Paul and Silas cry out, we're here, we're here. Don't do anything to yourself. And guess what? The jailer says, what? must I do to get saved? Not only did he get saved, but his household got saved. Because somebody was praising God in the midnight hour. This is your midnight hour. 
when we have the opportunity to be in front of God, in the presence of God, praising Him and worshiping Him. That's your midnight hour. You can let God know what you're going through. And in the midst of that, you can thank Him for what He's going to do and what He's already done. Because that's the whole idea about praise and worship is thanking Him for what He's done. You are what He's done. Every one of you. But we got to cry out. we got to call them up. we got to let them know, here I am, God, I'm alive still. Amen? We, we went out to the streets last week, and we had a visitor come in. Why? Because we were out there being a voice. Brother Michael said he'll be back Sunday. I look forward to seeing him. But you know, that's because we cry out. That's because we are that voice. We don't keep it to ourselves. We don't just say, I'm saved and I'm a Christian and come to church and that's it. We have to let people know who we are, who we serve, who's taking care of us, who set us free, who delivered us. The New Testament church was alive Amen? We are the New Testament church. We need to be alive. We can't just sit around and do nothing. That world out there is dying and going to hell, and we are the voice that's going to take them out of that pit. God is going to use us. Then we look at Moses' sister and brother, Aaron and Miriam. Here all they did was complain about Moses' wife. Isn't that amazing? Here they said, well, doesn't God hear us too? Doesn't God use us? But God called Moses and Miriam and Aaron out of the temple and outside, and then, then God's presence was there. Isn't that amazing? God knows where to be at. But, you know, he had to put a stop to our complaining, a stop to our murmuring, a stop to talking about the man of God. Because, see, that's what happens in the past. We've seen it happen. And those people that murmur and complain about our pastors aren't here because God removes them. What happened is Miriam got, got plagued with leprosy. But it's amazing, even though she murmured and complained, Moses sought God. Moses cried out to God for his sister. God, heal her. Amen? I don't know. You know, we know what people are doing in the church, but instead of praying for them, we're condemning them. Moses said, wait a minute. God, she's my sister. I want her healed, healed now. It's okay. All right. God does heal those that do things that are disobedient unto him and unto his family. And here, he said, okay, but she's going to have to stay outside of the camp for a week because she's unclean and, until she's purified. That was the law. And they didn't move. 
the Israelites did not move. They had to wait. Moses wasn't going anywhere. God wasn't moving any these people at all. They had to wait upon her to be healed and cleansed completely in order for them to move on in the wilderness. But that's just the way it is. When you're, in the, when you're standing before God and when you're right before God, then you're going to move. When you're going to stay in disobedience, God can't move in your life. David had to realize that. He had to come before God. He had to get right before God. And then God was able to move on in his life and move on in this situation. I don't know about you, but we're not perfect. I made a lot of mistakes over the years, but guess what? I know who to call upon. And that's not going to be me. See, in the world, we always relied on ourselves. We always relied on me, myself, and I to do whatever I wanted to do. And I thought, oh, it's all right. It's okay. But you know something? No, it's not all right. It's not all right. Because, see, if you're not right with God, you're going to get left behind. Amen? You know, there was a, another woman in the New Testament, and she had an issue of blood. I'm going to finish with this. And she knew that in Matthew 9, in verse 20 and 22. She had an issue of blood, but yet she pressed through the crowd. She had had this issue of blood for 12 years. 12 years. She spent all her, all her money on all kinds of different uh, methods and so-called cures and doctors at that time and whatever. But she didn't get healed. But she heard that Jesus was in the crowd. I don't know about you. I know when I wasn't saved and I heard about some kind of revivals going on in L.A. And I never made it, but I heard about them. And I was wondering what they were all about. But it was all about Jesus being in the crowd. It was all about the healer being in the crowd. It was all about the physician being in the crowd. It was all about the man of God that he was doing miracles, feeding thousands of people, and she says, I got to see who this is. But, you know, her cry was, all I want to do is just touch his garment. I don't know about you, but if you're going through something, if you're going through a, a, a lot of pressure and turmoil right now, if you're going through a hit, a, your body needs to be healed, whatever it is. You know, all she said, I want to just touch his garment. And Jesus cried out and said, who touched me? And his disciples said, what are you talking about? Everybody's touching you. No, but the one that touched me got healed. The one that touched me got what she wanted. The one that touched me because she cried out and she wanted a miracle to happen in her life, it took place because she reached out to the one that could do it, to the healer. I don't know about you, but if you're going through something, maybe it's uh, 
going through something physically, going through uh, mental problems, going through financial problems, going through marriage problems. I don't know what it, it is. God knows. 